Welcome in Braves Today, Braves Today podcast, Braves underscore today on Twitter. He is Lindsey Crosby. I am Ben Taylor. And Lindsey, forget best in baseball. This Braves team could be the best in franchise history if they close hard-headed into the All-Star break. I did put a caveat in there. <laughs> yeah, no, still. I mean, it's this is a, a very, very good Atlanta Braves team. 53-27. and 27, uh, You know, the Marlins game on Friday is... After that, you're halfway through the season. So mm-hmm. to be, to, to have such a great record, I mean, you know, unlike previous years, you're going to go into the All-Star break with a winning record, knock on wood. You're not yep. going to be chasing from behind. And getting three games against the team that's behind you in the standings gives you a very, a very good opportunity to either put some distance and close the division out or let it be a lot closer as you head into the All-Star break. And it's just... It's hard to imagine this team losing right now. I mean, they're they're hitting literally on all cylinders. Yeah, yeah. There was a there there was a chat in regards to our last pod where I've jumped in there with a couple of listeners, and that was one thing that they had brought up is they're worried about Soroka. And I thought this is the I told him I said this is a perfect time to bring him back because a team that is hot usually will rally around a team that's doing a rehab start or a bounce back start or a start when they've been pulled up from AAA. And the mm-hmm. reason being is just because. Everything they see looks like a grapefruit, so those are the guys that you want to pitch behind, and that gives the pitcher a little bit of confidence. Now, I'm not in any way saying that Soroka's going to go out and throw a no-hitter you know, on the opening game against the Marlins, but I will say he's coming in at the right time the way this Braves team is playing to get some support. Yeah. After that twin series, some of the pitchers said, you know, having that kind of offense behind you where they can put up five home runs before there's five outs thrown by Joe Ryan – uh, it's they they admitted that, that it makes you pitch a little looser. You're a little more comfortable, and you don't have to be as nervous about being perfect with every pitch. And I think for a guy like Soroka that physically has gotten back to the shape he was in or before the injury, but mentally hasn't seen the results and is still trying to work on fine-tuning the things, like you said, I think this is the perfect time because he doesn't have to come out and be perfect. He can just go out and throw. He could just go out there and pitch and not worry about if he makes a mistake, just erase it, go on to the next one, because the odds are this team's going to pick him up, the offense is going to pick him up, and he'll be playing from ahead anyway. So, like you said, this is the perfect time to bring up a Mike Soroka. And if if Michael Soroka does make his debut on Friday night, it's not official yet. Everything's pointing towards it. But uh, if he does, it'll be, I believe it was 1,060 days since he last took a start at Truist Park. Uh, and it's 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 going to be a great day just for all of us that he's there. Mm. I'm I'm predicting it's going to be the loudest ovation you've heard in that ballpark's history. And you will be there as well. Go ahead and throw that out there. I got to be sitting yep. in the stands uh, along with our esteemed leader. Uh, Zach Blackerby will also be there as well. Uh, happy birthday to you, Zach. By the time everybody go give Zach a shout out. Happy birthday. He's probably going to be so mad that I just threw that out there. On uh, Twitter <laughs> at Z Blackerby. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to be as mad as he is at you for throwing that out there. <laughs> but we mentioned offense and we mentioned Soroka, but defensively, Acuna with plays out in the field. Rosario, mm-hmm. he came in and made a, a diving play in left. 
Riley getting better over at third base. I mean, I th- he never really was bad. He just got, I think, a bad rap because of hard balls hit to him and he may make a bad throw or mm-hmm. just bobble it a little bit, which from third you bobble it just a tad and they're going to beat it out. And then you got the play of probably the week thus far was up the middle uh, when Ozzy flipped RC and then they ended up getting the out at first. It's uh, your standard 6-4-3 or 4-6-3 four, four, put out. It's yeah, not even a double exactly. play, just a put out. Just to put out, and I actually, uh, I screen grabbed that and I sent it to my dad because, of course, he's blacked out because of the way they have coverage from time to time. And uh, and he even, for me to get a wow out of him, a guy that's a former baseball coach and somebody that's not very impressed with Major League Baseball ever, uh, when he said that, I thought, yep, that must be a pretty good play then if he's impressed with it. So defensively, they're where they need to be. Offensively, they, they're where they need to be. Was there ever a doubt in this past twin series, sweep-related, of course, is uh, they just, for some reason, the Braves looked like they were in control from opening game until the final out it, it, whenever it took place. And it's funny because, because like, game three, tons of home runs, right? I mean, Atlanta goes back-to-back in the second inning. Ronnie hits one of the first pitch of the game. But, like, the first game of the series is a closer matchup. And it's still just – it always felt like Atlanta was going to do it. And having that kind of comp, like, I don't think we all appreciate and recognize how, how good we have it as Braves fans, because we have this core long-term that's going to be there. Like you don't have a fear about buying a Jersey because the guy's going to be there. You have a team that offensively can come back in just about any single game and is just as all, as long as there's outs left, they are in that game. And you have a pitching staff that, even if you have a bad outing, one, the offense will pick you up, but then two, there's going to be another guy coming right behind you who's going to be uh, good and giving quality stuff. You lose a Kyle Wright and a Max Freed, well, guess what? Uh, Bryce Elder goes out and leads the league mm-hmm. in ERA. Spencer Strider's best strikeout rate and number of strikeouts in the entire, in all of baseball. Like, mm-hmm. it's just Braves fans, we're exceptionally lucky. I don't think we always realize how lucky we are. We, and we're doing that, as we mentioned on the last pod, without a full staff right now. So whenever yeah. the staff gets back, you kind of wonder on uh, what all cylinders will be clicking at that point in time. Has this proved even more and throughout this past series and even the series before? Well, the last three series, because they haven't they haven't lost a series and, you know, except for that a series, which was in May. And so that's the last one that they that they lost. Has this proved even more that the Atlanta Braves are the team to beat in baseball? They they are the hottest team in baseball right now. It's. I mean, I think record-wise, like the Rays are 56 and 28. Like, you know, they're they're near, the Rangers have a run differential that's right there near where Atlanta is and stuff like that. But even though the Rays have three more wins, Atlanta is by far the hottest team in baseball and the best team in baseball. Mm-hmm. And I think World Series favorites, the Atlanta Braves have to be the favorites in all of baseball. And that's the team that nobody wants to face right now. And what I love is, yes, you're three games behind the Rays as far as best record in baseball – right before the all-star break you get to play them Mm -hmm. and so it's the same thing as if you're trying to make space in the division every time you win a game it counts a double same thing when you're playing the team that has the the better record than you if you every time you win a game against them it's going to count double and so uh it's best team in baseball bar none whether it's pitching whether it's offense whether it's defense i think right now atlanta has everything what was supposed to be an easy June turned out not to be because other teams started winning. So it became a tougher June. However, on the opposite end of that, it looks like it's going to be a tough July for the Braves. And a lot of that's got to do because it's front end loaded. There is a small break right there. But then uh, when you start beginning divisional play, you just never know. It, it, all cards are on the deck at that point in time. 
Yeah. So you have this, this three game series against Miami. You've got Cleveland, you've got Tampa Bay and then all-star break. And the mm-hmm. way that it's shaping up, not a, every race player is going to get to be off at the all-star game. It looks yep. like you're going to, you might have three of the four starting infielders might be Atlanta Braves. And, <laughs> you know, and you might have two members of your rotation there and Strider and Elder. And so you have to kind of work around that. And then coming out of the break, you do get to ease back into it with the Chicago White Sox. But then right after that, you host Arizona for three games mm-hmm. who leading the National League West. You, you go to Milwaukee, you go to Boston, then you play Milwaukee again, which is really weird. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's just like, it's not as easy of a schedule as we thought June was going to be because we thought Philly was going to have a losing record. We thought Cincinnati was going to have a losing record. And those turned out to be a little bit more, a little bit tougher games than you expected. Mm-hmm. You went to extras against Philly. You dropped one against Cincinnati. All three of those were one, one run games, but you still came out of it. I think you're, you're what, you're nine and one, your last 10 games. Yeah. Uh, you, you've won, a, you know, you've you won most of those in June, and uh, you're now primed to make this run to the to the well, to the All Star game, and mm-hmm. then take a break for a couple of days. Most of the guys. It truly did turn out to be Michael Harris Jr. We predicted it at the beginning. He took off, started a little slow at the first couple of days of June, but after that, he has been something to reckon with with multiple hit games. A five for five game, a three for three game, a four for four game. I mean, it's just been so impressive what Junior has, or what Michael Harris Junior has done from the plate. Yeah, we we had a stat, and I, I'm trying to find the <clears> exact <throat> stat, but we had a thing in one of the briefings about Michael Harris is the first player to have three games in a month where he went, I think it was four for four or better yes. since uh, since Ted Williams. Yep, like. And it's like, okay, that's kind of insane. You know, when you look at, at the age, and it's, anytime you're compared to Ted Williams, it's great. But let me just, the stats for Michael Harris for the entire month, understanding that he didn't really start his hot streak to the second game of the Mets series, or so the sixth, but on the month, he batted 378, 394, 633, with five home runs, um, 12 extra base hits, and he only struck out 12 times. Like, Michael Harris Jr. for sure. Yes. He completely proved that he he was the guy of the month. They all had a good month, but apparently his just stuck out even more. Uh, surprise performances that we probably saw from June take Michael Harris Jr. away from it, because I think to me he was a surprise performance, as, as well as uh, what we saw against the Twins this past weekend. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think some of the surprises that we saw uh, in the month and then against the Twins – I, I want to give Eddie Rosario his flowers because okay. a lot of people think that Eddie Rosario is really just kind of confined to a platoon role, doesn't do well, you know, like against lefties. He's not usually the starter, but you could see how hot his bat was and how much they wanted to get him into the game to the point of the one game he didn't start in that stretch. As soon as they went to the bullpen, Eddie was a pinch hitter in the game. It was like the fifth or sixth inning and against lefties, which is the thing that we like, oh, Eddie can't hit lefties. Against lefties, he's batting 400 on the year. Now, it's only 30 at-bats, mm. but it's something where even when he is in that situation, he's still red hot. And it's he's just, he's turned it on to another level. We had some stuff on the site about, is Eddie Rosario, like, is he good enough? Can we, like, can we win with him in left field and should we upgrade left field? No, he's good enough. You don't have yeah. to upgrade anything. He's batting 270 on the year um, with a with the slugging of 500. And that's not anything that we saw coming a month ago from Eddie Rosario. Now we turn the, t- turn the page, turn the table. Welcome to Atlanta. 
Miami and Marlins, who also not the hottest of teams, but still the wins outweigh the losses by far. They're in second. They're six plus games back, depending on, uh, you know, depending on what they do against Boston. Uh, could be six games back, could be uh, seven games back before it's all said and done with. Uh, but they could completely turn their season around if they come in and give the Braves something to fight for. Yeah, they have a lot of guys back from injury right now. Joey Wendell is back playing shortstop, solidifies that for them a bit. Jazz Chisholm is back in center field, which means that Jorge Soler can kind of go back to that DH role versus playing in the field. So you're, I mean, you're in a scenario. Jorge Soler has more than 20 home runs. Uh, Jazz mm. Chisholm is going to be stealing bases and doing Jazz Chisholm things. Uh, you have to deal with Luis Rise and the fact that he almost never strikes out. And so... I mean, you've got a hitter batting almost 400. You've got a big home run threat. You've got a dynamic power speed guy in Chisholm. Like, you can't look past the Miami Marlins. And to top it off, you've got two really good pitchers in this series. I'm not saying another opponent stacked their rotation for Atlanta, but it kind of feels like another opponent stacked their rotation for Atlanta. You have have Yuri Perez, the 20-year-old Marvel going on Saturday, and then you have last year's reigning Cy Young winner, Sandy Alcantara, on Sunday. And I know that he's not the same Sandy that he was last year, but he still is is formidable. And you've got these guys in games two and three. It's definitely going to be an interesting and tough matchup for Atlanta. It, again, it's not completely official. We think Soroka is going to get the the on the bump for the Braves. The Braves, no, you know, they're not slacking by any means as far as who they're throwing out there. Following that up with Morton and then Strider, so a pitching matchup. The only thing that worries me, and I'm going to say two of three, Lindsay. However, I still worry about that, that it may not be one of three. And I only say that because the Marlins are always a thorn in the Braves' side. It started. I'll never forget. I was so happy when the Braves acquired Dan Ugla because I was like, that guy was a Braves killer. Like that, every time we seemed like we had victory in hand, he would go and grab victory for the Marlins out of the jaws of defeat and beat the Braves. And then we got him, and then he didn't do anything for the Braves. Well, but I was going to say he continued being a Braves killer when he got <laughs> yeah. to the Braves. He continued yeah, he being a Braves stayed, killer. Yeah, he stayed Braves killer. But ever since then, the Marlins have just always been a thorn in the Braves' side. So I say two of three. And honestly, I don't know. I I, I don't know if that's the I'm not saying that that's a Soroka loss. I'm not so sure that that Morton's going to have a great day. And then uh, Strider has looked so well as of late. Does he get a little tired as as we make our way to the end of the series? I don't know. So I say I do say two of three just because they've done so well in the month of June as far as winning series are concerned. Yeah, I'm saying two out of three as well, simply because I I'm not necessarily going to blame any certain Braves pitcher, but I just, I do think that a lot of Braves fans maybe underestimate how good Yuri Perez is. And I think mm-hmm. in a, in a typical year where you where one, he gets up early and then you don't have a, a Corbin Carroll with Arizona and you don't have um, an Elliot de la Cruz in Cincinnati. Yuri Perez is the story of the national league rookie of the year race. Uh, I mean, right now, Five and one with a one three four ERA. I mean that yeah. is that, it's a big enough sample size where you have to treat it honestly. And so I'm saying two and one as well. And if Atlanta drops a game, I think it could be that Saturday game. Obviously, I hope not, but that's that's my thought process there. Perez reminds me a little bit record wise of looking at somebody like an elder, where it, it's it's you know the the ERA is low, the win percentage is high, only one loss on the season. You know, not somebody that you're going to hang your hat on as being our star pitcher. However, at the end of the day, he walks away with wins. So you got to be careful when you face somebody like that. Yeah. The difference between him and Elders, he does have a little bit more strikeout stuff. 
And yep. so he is going to get plenty of swings and misses. I mean, he's got like 10 and a half strikeouts per nine innings, but it's, it, it's just something where he allows less than one base runner an inning. So he, he keeps clean innings. The trick there is going to be get to him early and often make him work out of the stretch, make him labor through innings and knock him out of the game early. Because I don't think Miami has the bullpen to hang with Atlanta in a three game series. The issue, because we know Sandy can do it. The issue is you have to get into that bullpen first. So Friday night is going to be crucial to that. If you can knock out uh, Brian Hoeing rather early mm. on Friday, you yep. can wear that bullpen down so that they can't use it on Saturday and Sunday. Hit the subscribe button. He's Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor. Braves Today, Braves Today podcast, Braves underscore today on the Twitter. Lindsey, as always, thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. Chop on.